And we're back. New episode, new year. Fellas, how we doing? Sean, Edgar, Josue, how's everything going, guys? Awesome, man. Doing good. Glad to be back with y'all. Pretty good. I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving and happy new year. Absolutely. It was uh it was pretty fun, but we got a new season. Liga Mekis returns this weekend and our team uh, with a lot of uncertainties, but heading into the season with, again, expectation uh, to finish in the top four and hopefully more, right? So um, Stars are bust. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, we had a preseason with uh, Diego Coca. Was it four or five games? And so um, a lot to talk about from there, um, about the attempted new style of play. So why don't we start with some of the negatives that we saw uh, under those preseason games and the new coach. What are you guys thinking? I think the lack of goals was kind of what stood out the most. I think just getting rid of Piojo, we were hoping for more of that explosiveness that had died down with him. That was one of my biggest concerns. I would say uh, probably Cordova not being in the starting lineup is my most concerning thing coming out of the preseason. I, I thought he was our most dynamic midfielder coming out of last year. And I had dreams of him and Gloria Ron running around like crazy people, just threading passes through lines to Florian and APG and Fulgencio. And instead, Fulgencio's probably out for a significant period. And, and, uh, Cordova doesn't appear to be starting or, you know, in the favored starting 11, at least at the very beginning of this. So it'll be interesting to see how the the lineups and the chemistry progress under Coca. And I think we had some bad luck with the injuries. I think I had mentioned whenever it was rumored that Coca was coming to Tigres that he had probably the lowest injury rate for the last, like, two years or so. And then we came back into this uh, – preseason with two pretty serious injuries yeah and you know especially the one of Fulgencio which is the one that I think hurts us the most which kind of cemented now Luis Quinones's uh position into the starting lineup I think that he was trying out Fulgencio there and was willing to give Fulgencio the starting nod or at least to begin with and now with his injury which he potentially comes back week seven week eight maybe um, if I'm not mistaken. But like I said, it, it cements uh, Luis Quinones as a starter out on the wing. So to me, that that hurts us um, long term for the projection of this player who has upside. Um, but, you know, you got to rely on opportunity for Mr. Quinones to either lead the league and assist or frustrate us all with crosses that don't connect. Man, between him and Flo, man, there's just a lot of concern on those wings. And to rely on a 32-year-old Aquino to, like, be the production player up top and provide assists like he was doing in 2015-2016 is just a little little weird to me seeing them start up top after being on the, with the club for so long and having all these other players. So, surprising. Well, I, had, I had kind of, you know, assumed that Aquino had made that transition to the back line. And so it's, it's an odd to see him moving forward as opposed to backwards as his, you know, career progresses. You usually – Usually you lose a little pace and move back as opposed to moving forward, yeah. Oh, we lost you a little bit, so you kind of uh, – I didn't hear what you last said. Oh, uh, just that, uh, you know, normally as you age out, you, you move backwards and closer to the goal, not not uh, t- towards the goal-scoring side of things. 
And I think most people wouldn't have minded him being an attacking player, but I feel like more in a utility role where he could start ease some games at the, on the left side, right side, you know, come off the bench. But now you're looking at Aquino as being a top producer, of, you know, to begin the season. So a little odd there. Um, Cordova not starting to me is also a concern. Um, after he, you know, emerged as one of our best players last season for him to, you know, Bringing in Gorrayan, we knew that that was going to be competition directly with him, but uh, and then as well as Vigon. So I think that the midfield is probably our strongest point now. Did we lose him? I think so. I think his, <laughs> his laptop actually died. So we'll rock and roll kind of on that point. I would agree that central midfield spot is definitely, you know, we're, we're coming from a point of strength at this point with the concerns continuing to be on the wing, which is, you know, no different than the last couple of seasons we've been hosting. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it develops over the next, you know, six or seven weeks as we, you know, I'm sure we'll be podcasting throughout the, throughout the season, but it's, uh, you know, all it, it feels like deja vu with a lot of the same concerns of who's, who's there to spell APG up top, who's going to actually make, productive crosses on the wings and and how steady is the back line who's he like at the back line the best is Igor up to the task is uh is Chewy Garza maybe a surprise right back starter you know a lot of the same questions that we've been dealing with over the last couple of seasons with Piojo are now still present but at least there's a managerial change so we'll see if that alters the style and kind of alters the I guess perception around you know the results that come yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, what about some of the positives, though? Did do we see any positives uh, in this preseason? I thought Chewy Garza played well. Yeah, that was a good highlight for me. That's kind of reassuring for me. Also, I project that he's going to be the surprise of the season. That's just that player that's going to explode. Hopefully, the next Cantera player that cements himself in his career in Tigres. That's what I want to see from him. Yeah, and, I mean, being an offensive player, man, you know, having been a winger um, and then, you know, turning as a right back with Piojo and now Diego Coca giving him the confidence, that's pretty good signs. And especially when you have someone like Loroña, who was an Olympic, you know, a gold medalist and who had, you know, was rated high as, you know, one of the players of the future. So for a guy to come in out of the cantera and earn that spot, it's pretty, pretty cool. So, yeah. Uh, so hopefully he does tear it up this season. I thought Leo Flores played well as well. I think he's got I think he has a legitimate chance to kind of step into that secondary role, especially if the end day is on the uh, the way out. Yeah, and I forgot who I mentioned. There was another youth player that really surprised me with his uh, technical abilities with the ball and how he moved on the field. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but yeah, I, I thought the youth, the youth guys, all of them did did a pretty good job. Maybe two eight. Yeah, there was, maybe I forget. I forget his name, but I remember seeing the jersey. There was that guy. So I think his name is Sebastian Fierro. Yeah. I thought he was yeah, a good player too. Yeah, he he played really well. Yeah, that's the guy they've uh, they've been calling Kimmich in practice, like yeah. Florian, and you know a couple of the other guys have been calling him that, and so you know. Been hearing a lot of good things about the potential that he he has. So hopefully, and I think he scored a goal in one of the games, didn't he? Uh, Off of a rebound, a long shot from outside the box. If I'm yeah, not mistaken, yeah, sure did. Yep. Yeah. 
So what about the system, guys? Anything with the system that you guys foresee being a problem now that the you know squad is pretty much set and, we'll, you know, there's potentially one more player coming in? We'll get to that a little later. But system-wise, are we confident with what Diego Coca has presented? I, I think the system will work. I'm just not certain how long it's going to take to adapt. I mean, a lot of, there was a lot of stress and uncertainty with the, the Sky Cup about how awful we were doing or just how it wasn't going as planned or as expected. But I think that those games, did, they did serve a purpose and they gave us the opportunity to just get to the point where we need to adapt. Now it's just a matter of can we pull it off starting tomorrow or is it going to take until Jornada 3 or 4? Uh, to get adapted to that system, but realistically, I give it until the second week. I would say my frustration comes probably most with the board, because while I love Gory Iran as a as a transfer in, just as an individual player, it makes me feel like we've got five center midfielders for a you know no more than three spots. While still and and they didn't bring in any reinforcements in places where we still have significant concerns on that left and right wing and you know maybe a right back if we're we're hoping Chewy Garza might be the answer but there's it's not a proven commodity you always feel better if you got a proven commodity there and Laronia seemed a little out of sorts in his first attempt at it last year so um, I would say it was a little bit of and a disappointing. Got- a little bit of a disappointing offseason, even with the big signing being a player of the quality that is Nando. You know, it's, it's, did we really need another guy there when you got, you know, if you're going to bring him in, then we should have looked to, I would have thought, unload a Guido or a Carioca to try and get rid of some of that logjam with Vigon stashed in there and Cordova stashed in there. You know, at some point, you're not playing your best collection of talent because they all play the exact same spot, it feels like. And so that's a little bit of, a, I would say, the frustration that I would feel uh, heading into the season of, you know, you expect to be a title contender, but did you address any of the needs that were our shortcomings last year that prevented us from getting to where we wanted to go? Yeah. Spot on my friend. Spot on. I think that that's where a lot of people have felt the lack of the board, not having that planning or that plan to continue to get younger while also you know, moving on from uh, older players. And I think that's where Aquinones falls there, even to an extent, Aquino, Carioca. You know, even though these players have already made their mark on the club, like it's it's time to continue to like progress to find these roles for whether it's a bench player or, you know, another squad. So, but leading into that, we obviously have been hearing a lot of rumors over the last couple of days. Um, Potentially, you know, it seems like, we're going to be getting a new striker from overseas. Um, and the one that has been the loudest rumor has been uh, Santos Borre. I feel like uh, Colombian. I'm not really familiar with his uh, game or anything. I haven't scouted him. I just quickly saw where he played and, you know, why he's rated so high. Apparently he tore it up with River Plate down in Argentina. So the question is, him coming in, we have to get rid of one player. Carioca or Diente. Um the fans love both both players, and it's, you know, people have spoken wonders about Nico Lopez and the potential and high upside that he has and Carioca's class and ability to read and direct games. But one has to go. And who, do, who are we thinking has the closest lead to exit Josue? I think 
kind of like to piggyback off of Sean's comment is it's got to be position for position. So to me, it's you got to let go of Gord or Nico because why are we going to bring, you know, uh, too many of that one position just cl like clutter the the bench or or the field with that one position. But I did see a YouTube video of, of his highlights and he does have a really good touch, a really good vision, and he does finish play. So I'm I would actually be real real happy to see him come. I would obviously go the other way and say that you're already dealing from a position of strength with, if you let Carioca go, you're not going to miss that as much as you would enjoy having a second striker or the second legitimate striker to potentially put on the field, either in place of, or in, in concert with Gignac, you know, uh, and maybe a little competition for Diente would be good for him. Maybe bring out the best in him too, if, if he were to stay. So I think it could go the other way. I, I understand why Diente may be the one to let go because he probably, as a younger player, still kind of in his prime, probably has more value to, you know, other clubs that we would be offering now I'm out to kind of offset some of the costs of bringing in uh, a Bore or, you know, if, if you know, help offset the signing of Gordiaran. I've heard that was, you know, somewhere in the eight to 10 million range. So, um, you know, there's certainly been a transfer bill in that's not been matched by what we've sent out. Uh, so I I can understand if Diente is the choice, but I would obviously prefer to thin out that midfield and deal from a position of strength and then try and strengthen the top with the strikers by bringing him in. And don't forget the $3 million for Jordi Caicedo that we threw down the drain. What about you, Edgar? What are you thinking in regards to who could possibly be leaving? I mean, I have a list of players that I think their time's just up here. And I think I ranked them all. Both of them were on that list. Obviously. Well, yeah, all of them were on that list. But honestly, if it were up to me, I would let both of them go now. Just because you got Rafa Carioca, who, yes, he could still bring something to the table, but he's got six months left on that contract. And if you're not going to take the decision to extend it, it's just critical to use this transfer window and get something out of that Instead before of you bring change. someone else in. Yeah. And then Nico Lopez is up in December as well. So I would really, really, it's, yeah, letting them both go. I think it's time. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I was actually having a discussion with one of my uh, close friends from uh, back home. He's really good friends with my cousin. And name is Mostacho. Shout out, Mostacho. Uh, he was saying that Carioca should be the one to let go, Sean, for the same reason that you said, because we have a lot of midfielders. And my counter argument to that was that if indeed um, – Carioca leaves, Cordoba is the next replacement up, right? So he goes to the starting position. And then you have on the bench, the only player that can play on the bench is Bigon in those roles. With playing two tournaments, possibly three with the Leagues Cup in the summer, like if you want to, you know, add on the closeness of the, you know, the month to games. You have one central, central midfielder player when – you have Nico, who, who Nico Lopez, who has been with us for now two years, maybe even more. I can't even recall it, but definitely two years. And he's had one explosive season where Gignac was out, and it was where he was the sole focal point of the offense, and he produced, has the talent, has the skill, you know, 
everything to be a star in, in the league, but he hasn't played with three coaches. Like in whatever way you want to like shape it, this man has had three different coaches in different positions uh, of the field. You know, his best position obviously was when he plays striker when Gignac was out, but he's not going to play over Gignac in a full 90 games because Gignac still gives you the production to create game, even though we black goals re as recently. He's still the better choice over the Antelopes. So if you're not going to play him and you're going to start Carioca, who you can still get value for, the obvious choice, if you're going to bring another forward who's either going to start with Gignac or be his, you know, substitution with a more um, maybe an ambitious risk, because you know what Nico has given you being here in the league already, but this guy is already a, has potential to be a star or has proven to be a star at his clubs and more of a goal scoring threat. So why not get rid of the player that you're not going to play? I mean, Diego Goca even said in the press conference today, uh, talking about who they're looking for. And it's if he's describing someone to go play alongside Gignac, someone with different characteristics, then obviously he's not considering Nico Lopez as that option. So why keep a player that it's not going to be utilized? But in that case, if you're going to run a too high striker, you're going to take somebody out of the midfield. So that removes a spot from those three central midfielders, that's going to push somebody back down to the bench. So that so gives you, that gives you, you know, so it, it's, it's, I think it's a give and take either way. You're, 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 you're having a, I mean, you know, Rob Peter to pay Paul in this instance is kind of the best way to touch a phrase for me is, is if you're transitioning into a two striker system, okay, well, and you, and you sell off Nico to do it. Now who's your backup striker behind, Gignac and the new guy. Is it Jordi Caicedo, who everyone is already more disappointed in than we are with Lopez? He's gone. You know, is, it, is he? Is it Leo Flores? Is it you know no, Flores? He would... Okay, so all fine and dandy, but then you're telling me that you'd rather have Leo Flores as a backup than a Carioca or a Diente Lopez as a backup. I mean, it, you know, it just and I would also posit like, hey, what's David Ayala going to do in that central midfield, right? So yeah, having come up from the ranks, that's like a, I'm that's another body in that midfield. So I I it, I love Carioca. It would break my heart to watch him leave. He's easily one of my favorite players in my time of watching the club. But if somebody's got to go between those two, I think it makes more sense to run that, uh, run him off, and then keep Diente, who's got ideally three or four what more years left in a prime in him because he's, you know, mid to late twenties at this point, whereas Carioca is clearly, in, you know, in the back half of his career. So. Yeah. Which all valid points. Um, and that's kind of like where he, my friend uh, Mostachon was coming from when I was having that discussion with him earlier, exactly the same arguments that you're providing. Like I said, I just think that if Carioca was, a, was not utilized as a starter and not going into this game tomorrow as a starter against, you know, Santos in the opening game of the season, then I would totally be in agreement with you. But I believe that since he's being utilized and actually going to be used as a starter this season, you're not going to get rid of him because, like I said, you get rid of him and Cordova slides in and then you have one midfielder to change the style of play or, you know, injury, uh, God forbid. You know, and he mentioned also Florian sliding in to play in the middle. But I was like, at that point, like, we're relying on something that hasn't flourished yet over the past year and a half with him and his performances and his injuries. So I feel like it's just a toss-up. 
in reality, like him and I talked about this uh, earlier today, and I'm sure all you guys would agree, is that the ideal candidate to leave would be Luis Quinones. But again, bringing up the fact that Fulgencio's injury could have affected any decision making with that because you lost a winger through due to an injury. So it's not the most ideal situation, but Edgar does bring up a valid point. Why not get rid of both at that point and bring in somebody new? Laronia is a foreign spot as well. No, he's Mexican. He's, he, Mexican. he's a okay. old medalist uh, or bronze medalist with the Olympic team. Yeah. So it's it's tough. The, the 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 reducing the foreign restriction is is I think impacting our roster more than some of our direct rivals, unfortunately. In making us choose, you know, how, it's leading to difficult decisions, specifically because you just brought in some guys that you don't necessarily want to give up on yet that are taking up spots that I, I, I you know, if you could tell me I could trade Lishnowski for any Mexican defender in the entire world and keep Diente or Carioca instead, I'd do it in a heartbeat. So it really, yeah, it, yeah it's and I think rock it, and a hard place, right? It, it, it stems from, like, having it, making it difficult to move on from the players that gave you everything, right? Like it's hard, to break, sports, it's hard to break those sentimental ties, yeah. And add on the fact that you had three coaches in, what, two and a half years? Mm-hmm. And in that time, you brought in two central defenders to play to be your starters that are foreign spots. Like, typically, you, you know – you use the foreign spots up top, whereas at least I think that you should use the foreign spots up top. And if you're going to use a foreigner, you have that one great one, but you got to pair him with a Mexican that's good enough. And so that's where I think that we kind of dropped the ball is, you know, with Hugo Ayala aging and like Salcedo leaving and Diego Reyes being a complete catastrophe. Um, we didn't look ahead to see what other potential defender we could have brought in. And we eventually did a rescue uh, signing with uh, Igor Lichnovsky and Piojo, you know, hey, I need a foreigner, right? I need someone that I trust because I don't trust the, the guys that are already here. Ayala's old, Reyes is not as good as he was. So I think that that also stems from there. But, you know, we head into the uh, season with uh, Santos Laguna tomorrow, which we haven't won in a very long time. I think, like I mentioned to you guys, I think it was 33 games. The last 33 games, we've only had six wins and 12 ties. So, or already going at a disadvantage, you know, based on their home advantage over us. What are we thinking about tomorrow's game? What are we looking for? What's are we are we wanting the victory? Obviously, but what would we be happy with the better system of play? Somebody surprising us, maybe a Florian Tuvan having a great game, maybe Trey Garza. What are we looking forward to this uh, season opener? I would hope we start seeing a system in place because I don't feel that with the preseason we we were able to see that because of the amount of subs that was allowed. You were able to pretty much swap out between two, three different teams. So I would hope that we at least see what what he's expecting to do throughout the season. See what what subs he he makes and when he makes them. But, yeah, I agree that, you know, it's going to be a hard game. It's always a hard game with Santos. But um, with the new manager, new season, you know, I would hope 
we at least get a tie out of it or the win if if we can. But uh, I really just would like to see a, a good style of play and a system coming together that we can, uh, I guess, predict what he's going to want to do throughout the, the rest of the, the campaign. I'll be, less, I think, interested to see if he's going to attempt to replicate what was successful at Atlas for those two titles, which was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly tight marking and lockdown defense, and then having just the two outstanding strikers up top in Quinones and Furch to steal your goals on the counters or, you know, through individual plays. Cause there was a lot of times during that Atlas run where they were having success, where Quinones would just beast himself from about midfield to the box and then find Furch for, for, a, you know, a tap in. And so I'll be interested to see if he tries to translate that direct style into us and then fit our players into that, or if there's going to be some sort of kind of revamping to more match, what we've done previously coming out of Tuca ball and then into Piojo's let's get up and down and, and try and be more explosive. So kind of trying to marry those two styles. I'll be interested to see what he expects of the players and, and then who can produce on those expectations. Cause I think that'll dictate a lot of the lineup time and who will continue to be the starters as we progress into the season of, you know, who can, you know, if you, you know, everybody who's been a boss knows like, hey, the employees that do what you want to do, even if it may not be good to the outside world, if they're doing what makes the boss happy, they get to keep their job, a la Luis Quinones, right? So uh, I'll be interested to see kind of what his grander vision is, I guess. Um, obviously, with our salary expenditures and, and perceived talent level, the expectation is always there for, you know, the club to be in the top four of the playoffs. So making sure that you, you know, hit the bare minimum is obviously going to be a clear requirement in order to keep the fans off his back while he implements his vision. But the difference between a title winning team and somebody that just qualifies in the top four and then burns out in the Lahia is, you know, there's a significant difference there. And so I'll be interested to see how quickly he can transition us into uh, hopefully from what's been a, fourth or fifth place squad as of late into the championship squad style squad that we all hope we have. Well, for you, Edgar. So I think since our last preseason game was also against Santos, corrections are definitely going to be made. We're, we are going to get closer to seeing that defined style of play from Coca. I don't think it's going to be perfect. I think there's still going to be a couple of hiccups and bumps on the road, but uh, definitely a lot of improvement from what we saw in the Sky Cup. Um, I think we can pull off the win without a doubt. It just won't be pretty, and I don't I don't expect it to be pretty or perfect. Like I said, honestly, until the second or third week of the season is when we'll finally get a little bit closer to that defined and more precise vision that he has for us. And I feel like, you know, to add on to what Sean was saying is, you know, I think we're going to see a little bit more of what the team was with Tuca, maybe not as side to side as much with a little bit more intent to push forward. But I think the main thing also for me is that when building up, one of the things that I sort of saw flashes and, you know, I really like was the movement up top. Gignac wasn't very uh, highly present in the attacks, but the other guys had a lot of movement, you know, the three central midfielders as well as the two wingers. So it wasn't, you know, for a consistent sequence of time, but, 
it definitely showed where the different approach to playing a little bit more, giving it more uh, movement and fluidity up top with all the players moving around and interchanging positions. So, you know, having Quinones and having uh, Aquino out on the wings, knowing that they can also play in, in, towards the inside when you can push your uh, backs up like Chuy Garza and Jesus Angulo, that's what I'm looking for with uh, in this game. But I also think that it's not going to be pretty, like you mentioned, Edgar. So I think if we show flashes of what the system could potentially look like, then I think it's a, a win, even if we don't get, per se, the victory and we end up with a tie in La Comarca, which, like I said, it's a, a tough stadium to play in for us since I can remember. I think the last good runs that we had was back in 2011 when you know we were taking everybody's lunch money in the league with Lucas Lobos, Damian Alvarez, and all those guys. So I have to imagine we're probably the betting favorites. Absolutely not. Having having, having stolen their their best player, uh, I haven't heard if uh, Doria is back in the uh, in the back line for them. I think obviously that would be a big piece. I think Acevedo is one of the few goaltenders in the league that matches Nahuel for uh, you know talent and capability. So that's obviously a problem for us. Where even if you do get good chances, you might run into a brick wall that day and you end up with a tie, even if you were the better team. Um, so that's probably where I would lean in terms of predictions. Is is I think you want to start the season off right with at least a point, especially in an away game, and you know try and build some positive momentum out of that coming back to Volcan. Yeah. For sure. So early predictions, you said a tie, Sean? I think so. I think a a, a tie, you know, you can be satisfied with a tie. Hopefully you get a goal out of it, even if you give one up, you know, because Santos does seem to have our number for whatever reason, at the very least in terms of getting a a cheapy goal here or there, uh, you know, something weird happening or Acevedo just standing on his head and, you know, saving three, three shots that should have been goals against any other team besides, well, I guess now that Memo's gone, uh, I was going to say any other team except for America, but with Memo being in, in Italy now, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I think he, him and, and Noel are right there with one, two as the top goalies in the league. So I would say if you can get a tie out of this game, I think Santos will be, you know, near the top of the league's t- table as we get further into the league season. So, you know, getting a tie with somebody who's going to be a direct competitor would be a good start in my book. Cool. Edgar, what are you thinking? What's the score prediction? We take the win. It's going to be one zero. If not, Probably a draw, 1-1. One, one. Josue? Yeah, I'm thinking a 1-1, one, one, but I would really like to see a 2-1 win. Yeah. I'm also leaning 1-1, one, one, but hopefully it's a 2-1 victory for us. But we'll see you guys. And as we head into the last part of the uh, episode today, your uh, predictions overall for the squad. So who do, you, who do we think is going to be the disappointment of the season? We'll start with yours. Disappointment of the season, the start of the season, most improved, and who's going to be the best scorer? We'll start there, Josue. All right, you're going to have to go easy on me. Which one's the first one? Okay, uh, so the disappointment. The disappointment. Yeah, disappointment of the season. I would say Diego Reyes. Okay. Uh, he can... really hasn't shown much, and I don't see him um, improving, sadly. I'll throw 500 on black on that. <laughs> uh, which one was the next one? The... Star of the season. Your star of the season. Star of the season? I think Cordova would shine once, you know, he, he gets more minutes and he starts to flourish what he 
started doing last season and assisting and creating opportunities and and scoring. So I think I think this season will will probably be better for him, especially with the with the new seat. Uh, what is it? A new system. What about uh your most improved player? Most improved, I think probably Chuy Chuy Garza. I think he'll he'll be a a a great player this season. And then lastly, what about your uh, prediction for amount of goals Gignac will score? Say nine. Nine, solid number. What about you, Edgar? Quickly, the uh. Disappointment of the season, star of the season, most improved, and then Jin Yang's goal prediction. Uh, so disappointment for me is going to be Quinones. I don't see any more crosses coming in or anything better. Start of the season, Gorian, I think everything's just outlined for him to take over that midfield and be the next best star of the team. Um, what were the other two? Most improved and then Jin Yang's goal prediction. Most improved, I could see Loronia being a... Coming back to that Olympic level, getting back in the starting 11, and getting X goals, I'm going to say 11 for this season. Wow. Pretty high. And lastly, Sean, what about you, brother? Disappointment of the season, star of the season, most improved in Genia's goal prediction. I want for disappointment, I think it's either Vigon or Igor. For <laughs> surprise of the season, I would say Goriaran taking over the midfield from you know taking that almost that leadership ban from the cariocas and the pizarros of the world we've been so used to seeing them run the midfield for us for so long i think that the transition finally starts to happen to the next generation with him and cordova i think the most improved thing of the season will just be florian's health i think if we get a healthy season from florian and that will be an improvement just to be able to see him for even call it 13 or 14 games of the jornadas uh and for goals for jean jack either six or seven. I think he's going to have a lot of dry spells, and that's why I think it's going to be important to find that second striker in either Aniko if he stays, Aleo Flores, giving him a, you know, giving a youngster a shot, bringing in the Bore. There's got to be extra production from somewhere. I think it'll come from the midfield, personally. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, potential goal-scoring talent in the midfield that could be given that positional flexibility you were referencing earlier. I think there could be a lot of, you know, people popping up in places that you don't expect them. And then all of a sudden there's a goal coming out of them. So uh, I would say that would be my guesses. And then can we do one other prediction? Sure. Where do you think that we finish in the standings? One through 17. Okay. I'll start that uh, backwards with, and with my uh, other predictions. So I think we'll finish either two or three. Okay. I think it's going to take us a while. I think by game uh, five of the season, that's when we're going to get really uh, get going. I think there, there's still some couple of changes to be made in the lineup. I don't think um, he's going to set on Luis Quinones and Aquino to be his wingers. So I can foresee, and then especially we bring another player, I can foresee the lineup changing a little bit, maybe a player or two. So top two or three. Uh, my disappointment of the season was definitely Florian. I think I am done. I'm off the train, dude, and off the boat. Like, at this point, if this guy doesn't have a good season, I think it's time to, like, look at it and be like, hey, let's part ways. You know, maybe we possibly seek out a loan. I know there was a slight rumor, like, a few weeks ago, but that was all fake. Um, but if we can find some uh, value for him at another club, you know, outside of Mexico, obviously, and preferably Europe, I think it's it could be 
really time. Um, most improved player, I think um, I listed Loronia at first, but today on Twitter I was, you know, considering Chuy Garza, especially since he's going to start and he's already winning that position over him. But I think that right back spot overall is going to be crucial because I think both of the, of the players give you totally different ways to approach gameplay um, depending on who you're playing. And then also the, you know, the star I'm all, I'm leaning towards Nando Gorriarán. I think everything that you guys mentioned, I think he's he's the next big thing as far as especially to begin with, if he's going to play with two defensive midfielders, in this case, Carioca and Pizarro, him having the ability to not defend as much and use, use his movement to create spaces on the attacking side, which he has high motor to create spaces and, you know, movements. So I think that's where we're at. So predictions, Edgar, for ending the season. Josue, really quickly before we go, we got about a minute left. Third or fourth slot. Three or four. Josue? Uh, I was actually thinking fifth or fourth. Not bad. So second guys, place. Look at me, the optimist. <laughs> guys, thank you for another episode. I know we had a lot of technical difficulties, but great conversation. Um, Sean, what can we find you on Twitter, brother, really quickly? Uh, at TX Tech Sean. Edgar? At Double L Nation for all the Tigres tweets. And Josue? At El Tigre underscore Josue. Great. Thank you guys for your time. I appreciate you guys. Till next time. All righty.